So yesterday was a real downer podcast. But I just thought I'd blab about that a little bit, so listening back to it, I guess there's two things that I was thinking. There's the way that hearing that podcast back made me think about where my little novel I'm writing should progress, and what possible, you know, guidelines it might set out for my life, <laughs> you know? It's, it is really interesting to listen back to yourself and hear things back. So yeah, listening back to that podcast, I mean, it is a bummer. It's like, oh man, I feel bad, <laughs> you know? And as far as the story I'm writing goes, like if I follow that feeling, I had my initial plans for like, yeah, okay, here's how this chapter's gonna go, and then it completely changed. And I had a sort of more mid-level idea of like, well, I won't bother getting into the specifics. I think it's better if I actually write this stuff before I describe it, because, uh, you know, keep that energy within me instead of just uh, expelling it through the podcast without actually writing it. But I was thinking, like, eventually, at some point, there's going to be a big moment in this story where, where my main character just uh, flips her lid, basically. Because the very first chapter, which happened in the pre-podcast days, basically ends with the character going and like hiding in an alleyway and just having a nice little cry <laughs> of just the enormity of her horrible situation. And then since then, it's been just bottling that down, just repressing that, like, all right, that's not going to happen anymore. And because she's a rhino creature from a rough-ass society, you know, it's like rain in the desert. It's a, it's a rare occurrence for emotion to bubble up. So it's like, okay, I had my time, now let's buckle that down. So of course things are building to the next time. And I didn't think it was going to be yet, but maybe it is. Because, you know, I mean, if you heard yesterday's podcast, it's like, okay, there's plenty of fuel for this fire. If I need to motivate myself to feel upset... I'm good to go. <laughs> you know? I got a stack of fucking logs to toss in that furnace. But we'll see. I guess I just got to sit down and keep writing and see what happens. But uh, maybe. Things really do seem like they're moving much quicker now in this story than I expected, which is probably a good thing, though. Probably good to meander less. I mean, I'm all for meandering. I don't mind it, but uh, if my subconscious is pulling me along in a faster direction, it would be madness to uh, ignore that. <laughs> you know, to deliberately meander would be crazy. And as for listening back to this podcast and using it as a way to kind of guide my own life to like ghetto therapy, I'm going to try not to talk about this too long because uh, my mouth is all snappy and, you know, I'm just drinking a coffee. I'm a little wiped out. I was up late last night. I don't need all these podcasts to be goddamn epics, but uh, basically if I can... Let's see if I can figure out a way to streamline this. So yesterday's podcast was a real downer where I'm just like, oh man, the world really kind of sucks. Society sucks, fucking... Everyone's on their own. There's nobody who's got your back. Everything sucks. Blah, blah, blah. 
And I guess I just want to touch on how, like, that that's a, you know, it's a valid thing. That is definitely a thing that I feel. Not like this is just how things are, but this is partially how things are. You know, everything's a contradiction. Everything, there's two sides to everything. I mean, that's the main thing I've learned as I get older, I guess, is just that there is no simple answer. There is no... If you think you got a simple answer, you don't have an answer. You know, if it's not... A contradiction of some kind. Like getting older, it's easier to hold a contradiction in your mind. It's easier to proceed with a contradiction and just accept that you can only understand a situation to a certain degree and just move on with that. So hearing that podcast, it's like, oh, well, this is obviously an issue. This is something that should be dealt with. You know, this guy's got this worldview that's uh, really kind of a downer and uh, obviously this needs to be fixed. But one of these weird contradictions I've learned in my life is that sometimes distinctly moving toward trying to find a solution isn't the right answer. It's not the way to find a solution. Like in the case of having non-affectionate parents. I mean, I definitely don't, you know. I definitely could have used a few more hugs growing up. But about 10 years ago, I remember trying to talk to my mom about this. And it just turned into a big, horrible thing, and... I mean, it's just that my parents, just the way they are, and especially, I think, just because of the way they were raised, just kind of culturally, if you could put it that way. That's just not how they are. They just don't have that in them. They're just wildly uncomfortable with saying I love you, with hugging people, with being affectionate. It's just not how it is. Whereas on the other hand, my parents always have my back in ways that are more comfortable to them. Like when I wanted to move to New York and I couldn't get a work visa. I had some money saved up, but not enough. (laughs) And, you know, they're the ones who paid the rent and made sure that I didn't die. Next year, my friend Brad is talking about going to Japan. And that'll be so cool. I've never been to Japan and it's obviously easier to go when you know somebody on the other end. I can guarantee I'm not going to have the money to go to Japan, but I know that my parents will help me go to Japan because it's such a cool opportunity and it's like, hey, this is your chance that you know somebody in Japan. It would be a shame to let this go. It would be a shame to let this pass. So, I mean, they'll totally, they'll have my back on that. I mean, my crazy ass schizophrenic brother, he would be homeless and or dead if they didn't look after him, you know? So yeah, maybe I didn't get exactly what I wanted, but you can't have everything, you know? And accentuating the positives... Oh, walking on a fucked up log. You know, that's one thing that has become a lot easier as I get older, is just like, okay, yeah, so I don't have this, I don't have that. It's not the end of the world. Like, maybe that's not actually what life is, you know? There's so many other aspects of life. You don't need to always get everything that you want. And I guess it's tough because it's just one of those things that... Like, when you perceive something as a thing that you should have, you know? When it's something that just seems like... not optional and you don't have it. That's when it really hurts and it feels bad. But then you start to realize that a lot of people just don't have these things. I always remember there's this guy, JonTron, who does YouTube videos that are super funny. And he got, uh, 
He got run through the ringer for his radical political opinions, but that's a different story. Like, whatever. I'm sure that'll happen to me someday if I ever get famous enough. People are going to find some wacky shit that I said. But one thing that's a real downer is uh, before he became kind of internet YouTube famous, somebody found a post that he made on Yahoo Answers with an old username where he was just, you know, a 15-year-old anonymous kid that nobody knew. And he's asking about advice about his parents. And it's heartbreaking, man. It's like the saddest thing. And it's like, holy fuck. His parents are way worse than my parents. <laughs> his parents suck. And again, there's obviously people that would be like, man, I'd kill that JonTron's parents. Fancy-ass California boy. Also, his parents weren't nice to him. He still lives in a house in the first world, you know. He's not in the fucking slums of Bangladesh or something. And yeah, it's like, it's all relative. And it really is. It's like... Like, it's amazing how much point of view changes things. Like, at the end of the day, the person on the top of the totem pole or the bottom, it's not even that different, you know? As long as you're alive and you're not being actively oppressed, your life's probably pretty good, but you have to recognize that and see it, you know? As far as having more sort of support from a group or like building a community or whatever, I mean, I've been down that road where it's like, let me go join this group. Let me go kind of put the hole ahead of the individual. And it just really went bad and I didn't feel like myself. And it was like, yeah, I've got all these people that are my friends and, you know, can support me, happy to see me type of thing. But it's like, it's really shallow, you know, and it's like, it's the group that's important, not me. As soon as I got out of line, it's like, well, we need to maintain this group. We ain't got time for you. And it's like, whoo, that was a bucket of water in the face. That was kind of a, a lesson to learn. Like I went and tried to shore up this this weakness, this perceived weakness in my life, in my personality, in my fucking whatever. And, uh, I mean, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I know. But it, it wasn't the answer. Or, like, relationships. Like, yeah, let me go find some girl to fill the hole in my soul. Let me go find somebody I can get wildly codependent with. And, and yeah, it feels real good for a few months, and then that starts to wear off and then it's just an actual difficult situation of actually living with somebody and it's just like not only were those types of situations not like an answer but they actually got worse like my first serious relationship was by far the best one because I was most invested I really put my back into it you know and then worse and then worse to the point where it's like I don't know it's just like it was just crazy it's like I mean it's important to have these experiences and to go through these situations because you can never really understand it till you've done it and like I've talked about before in these podcasts it's like people say stuff like oh don't be codependent don't be two halves becoming a whole be two holes just frolicking together <laughs> and loving life and that's like it's like I you can say that but that's not an explanation that's not a, like how do I do that what does that mean and I still don't know but at least I'm getting there at least I know like okay like don't go try to 
solve all your problems with this type of relationship or this type of situation because it ain't gonna happen it's not gonna work and I always think of uh, there's this psychologist Nathaniel Brandon who I liked a lot I still do like but he sadly passed away where he would always talk about the idea of like you can't wait for someone to come save you you know like Superman's not coming you've got to save yourself you've got to look after yourself and again, it's one of those things, it's like easy to say, you know, I read that when I was 20 and it's like, okay, good advice, I guess, but I mean, how do I enact that? And I'm learning more and more as I go. And it's so interesting to see how there is an upside to the downside of like, yesterday I was talking about how I feel like North America is this like emotional wasteland of just like disconnected people that are just like, what, what are we doing? This is crazy. This is so not how we're wired biologically. That book Tribe by Sebastian Junger I mentioned, like talking about how people literally miss war time because at least they were unified in those times. And like the individual nature of 21st century life is very weird and very hard to deal with. But on the other hand, even if that is true, even if it is a little bit of a wasteland out there, you know, even if it's not as easy and as supportive as I wish that it were in an emotional way. It's like, okay, file that aside. Now, what is the other side of that coin? I mean, in the tribal times, maybe it was more natural. Maybe that is how our biology means for us to be. But you were tied to the tribe, like that's your life. The individuality we have now is fucking crazy. The fact that I can just move around to different cities. And even that, like I've definitely gained independence through these quote unquote bad things that have happened in my life. Like the fact that I can just hang out here on the West Coast and not really know that many people out here anymore and only see them once in a while. That's literally not something I could do five years ago. The idea of just doing my own thing and just living my own life as myself and just being a solo act. Until I had enough crash and burn relationships, like, I wasn't comfortable with that life. You know, I always was like, oh, just I really need to get another girlfriend. I really gotta like, I may be doing this, but I don't like it. It's not comfortable. It's not a, it's like my oxygen supply is just slowly running out and I don't feel like that anymore. I mean, now, maybe next time I get in a relationship, it really will be more of that feeling of the two holes coming together, not just two halves trying to patch up the problems in each other, you know? There's so much of that kind of pressure that's gone of like, okay, I don't need to go find validation from a group. I don't need to go find validation from a relationship. I don't need to go find validation from my parents. And sometimes, like yesterday, it's still a downer. It's a big bad downer of like, ah, this beautiful fantasy life that I wish I could have, I don't have. But most of the time, there's all these upsides to it. And I really do feel like I've become way more self-sufficient through past failures. Like that's the other thing that's weird is to build up by failing is absolutely a thing. It's one reason I kind of like reading business books, even though I'm not at all a business type person. 
because you can apply business concepts to your life a lot like like you can't be scared to fail you can't be scared to you know go bankrupt <laughs> you know you got to make mistakes to build up again but that being said i've also uh you know i've done the crash and burn enough times that i'm not rushing toward another one of those i think you know i've crashed and burned plenty plenty enough to know to not go seek out these these specific types of answers because they're not going to work out for me and that's kind of like the ultimate weird thing about growing up and just of uh learning about weird contradictions of life is at this point it seems like the best solution is to not try anything <laughs> you know to not try to move toward any solution to not focus on looking for a solution instead the best way forward just seems to be to go forward there's this nine inch nail song called the way out is through and I just love that phrase, like that really does come to mind a lot of like, the way out is through, just keep going, just go forward, just keep moving forward. And if you want the way out, the way out is through. So I guess you can guess what song of the day today is gonna be. This is a little band known as Nine Inch Nails with a pretty little ditty called The Way Out Is Through. So I'm going to go do some writing and see just how much of this downbeat dog shit is going to make it into this chapter of this book. I think I might even just try to sort of go for full bore, just like let's just go make this chapter a big fucking depression disaster. And then if that doesn't fit, if that's not appropriate, then uh, I'll just move it somewhere else or take it out or rewrite it or whatever. But I think I'll just try it, see where it goes. You know, you got these little times in life when uh, things aren't exactly the greatest of all time. It's very gray and drizzly today, extremely appropriate weather to go write some downbeat shit. So let's just go do it and see what happens. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow.